Welcome to episode 10 of Wisco Legacy. I am your host, Corey Kundert. Today we have my former high school wrestling coach. Uh, he was a former school psychologist and now he's the interim principal for the Monroe High School, uh, Mr. Jeremy Jackson. He joined us. We talked all of those things. We talked about wrestling, school psychology, education, and uh, the Monroe community as well. So really excited for you guys to listen into Wisco Legacy today. Uh, as always, check out our website, wiscolegacy.com. We have articles in the videos and audio versions of the podcast around there. We're also on YouTube and all the podcast platforms. Go check that out. If you would like, feel free to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, that would mean the world to me. So with that being said, let's dive right into episode 10 of Wisco Legacy with Mr. Jeremy Jackson. Hi, I'm Jeremy Jackson, interim principal of Monroe High School, and this is my Wisco Legacy. Coach, welcome to Wisco Legacy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on it. Yeah. Uh, so, Coach, you grew up in Edgerton, uh, Wisconsin here. Can you talk about growing up in Edgerton and what that community was like? Sure. It was a good little town. It's not not a whole lot different than Monroe, Wisconsin, where uh, I'm currently principal at. Um, it was a lot smaller, uh, about 3,000 people at the time that I grew up. So, But it was, I guess, a good Wisconsin, wholesome little town. We did had all the, the normal little festivals that you have in a small town. Everybody knew everybody else. Uh, a lot of good community involvement with the schools and the sporting teams. And the, just, it seemed like it was a, a great place to grow up. I'm, I'm sure you can say the same thing. I know you can say the same thing about Monroe as well. So it was a good town, good, mainly a rural farming community, which was, was nice. And that's something I did a lot of when I I was growing up too. I had a lot of, I didn't grow up myself on a farm, but I had really good friends where I spent most of my time on their farms working it or just hanging out. So that was kind of my, a lot of my childhood. Yeah. You see a lot of that in Wisconsin, a lot of small towns with a lot of farms and you know, yeah. definitely around here, we have a lot of that too. So right. uh, what, what were you involved in as a kid? What kind of sports or, or different things there? Yeah, when I was a kid, there wasn't a lot of structured sports. You know, we did a lot more going out to the to the end of our. We had a, a subdivision that we lived at, um, and there was an open lot at the end of the subdivision. But all the kids would gather there, and we play baseball and football, and and just be outside. And you know, probably got in a little trouble too, I'm sure. Um, but you know, exploring down by there is a little Saunders Creek that was near our house too, but. We just, we left the house in the morning and never came back till dark. Um, that's just how it was. The only really organized thing as I was growing up is uh, Little League. They had Little League and um, was in that, and that was a lot of fun. Um, we lived outside of Edgerton about two or three miles. So I have one younger brother. He's three years younger than me, and we would just ride our bikes into town to go to practice all the time. Um, so that was really the only organized thing. Um, there was some, you know, I was in, in wrestling. When I was young, uh, my dad was a was the wrestling club coach at that time. Um, so he made sure that we were in wrestling from a very young age and going to tournaments, but it wasn't like it is now. And there wasn't a tournament every single weekend, Saturday and Sunday. There was a, a tournament here and there. Um, so I think there's a lot more opportunity for us just to to be kids. Um, but we also got out of the house. We we also were all over the place just exploring and doing things. So it was fun. I had a good life growing up. Yeah, you don't you don't see that as often, you know. I grew up in the in just outside of Monroe too, and uh, I was outside all the time, running around on bikes and all that stuff. And you know, mm -hmm. today we got technology and iPads and all that stuff that kids are getting glued to. So, right. um, but the the society society's changed a little bit from from back then too. So that could be Definitely. part of it as well. 
Definitely. Kids are more connected now. That's for sure. I mean, that's, that's how they socialize. It's, you know, not anything we know how to do really, uh, but that's how they do it. Yeah. All right. So after, after high school, you went to UW lacrosse. Can you talk about why you decided to go there? Um, so kind of a weird story. I was actually, uh, supposed to go to UW Madison. I had my room assignment, um, with one of my best friends from high school and we were all set to go to UW Madison. And then he was a, a really good football player. He was a, a tight end on our football team and he got offered a full scholarship to Illinois state, um, later, kind of later in the journey as we were applying here, uh, you know, obviously after we already had our room assignments. So he had, he ended up going to Illinois state. And then I got a call from the coach at, um, lacrosse. Uh, talking about wrestling. And so I, I hadn't really thought of it. I mean, I was a pretty good wrestler in high school, but I didn't really think of wrestling at college. That's a whole different ball ball game there. Um, so we both then took different paths. He went to Illinois State. I went to UW Lacrosse. Um, UW Lacrosse, I, I only ended up wrestling a couple years there. I, it was a, they had a really competitive team, um, which was awesome. Um, but in college, as you can imagine, it's different than high school. It's hard enough in some high schools where there's not a whole lot of um, like a huge fan base that follows you in wrestling. Wrestling is one of those sports that you really do it because you love it. You don't really do it because you're getting all this fan attention and everything. Well, college is, you know, times a hundred because there's like five people in the gym, <laughs> maybe, maybe some parents. Um, and we get up super early two day practices and it, it was just rough. So um, I had a lot of fun, fun with it. I still have a lot of good friends from the team. Uh, they don't talk to that much, but we still keep in touch. And uh, it, it it's good. I mean, it made you, you know this in wrestling. It's, it's the work ethic thing. Um, it's the feeling pride in what you do. But it's when you're when you're away from your family, away from your friends at a college, it's it's even harder to do, um, especially when if you need to lose any weight or have any um, dedication to you know the sport itself. It it gets a lot harder. <laughs> Yeah, I I had uh, Cody Endress on a few weeks ago. He is the head coach for Lodi, and he wrestled yeah. lacrosse. And he talked about the balance between uh, wrestling and uh, academics and social life. Uh, it's it's a really hard balance, uh, right? Balance all that. Um, I know you, you only wrestled a couple of years there, but can you talk about trying to balance all that. Yeah, it, like you, well, I'm sure Cody said too, but it it is tough. I mean, when you had classes to go to. Plus, like I said, at that time we were doing practice or weightlifting session in the morning. And we'd have practice in the afternoon too. Um, and then, like I said, getting to all your classes and then people, you know, it's college, right? They want you to go out and they want you to have fun. And um, if you're, if you're trying to keep your body in any shape, that's not the thing to do. Um, so it, it's tough to balance all of that. And then you throw in some Saturday tournaments and getting on a bus and driving through a bunch of cornfields in Iowa. Um, it, it makes it tough to, I think that's one of the major reasons, honestly, that I didn't go past two years of like, you know what wrestling, I love it. It's been a thing in my life forever, but I also want to graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I had to really temper that with why am I really in college, you know, and it was to get a degree and to move on in my life. And, you know, as much as I love wrestling, it's, it's not, at least for me, something that there was a future in, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to the Olympics. I'm not going to uh, a club wrestling and I'm not going to be WWF or something like that. So, um, so I, it, it is a tough balance there, but the risk, uh, the risk of doing that is 
it, it has some good rewards to it though, because there's a lot of lifelong friends from it. And as you know, it creates a lot of lifelong lessons too. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the, the lessons you learned throughout the sport of wrestling and how that's helped, uh, helped you moving forward? Yeah. Um, I always say that, you know, I think every sport says this, but wrestling is a family, right? And I think those relationships with, with your teammates, but also with, in my experience in coaching with you guys, uh, the teammates or the, the kids' parents as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody just comes together and it is a, a pretty tight knit little group. Um, I, I remember when we were, when I was coaching, we did a lot of things together. When we went to tournaments, um, hung out together. It, it's a long day. I mean, as you know, when we go to a tournament, it's not like a basketball tournament or a volleyball tournament where you play a game, it takes an hour or two and then you're done. Um, we sit there from, you know, we leave on a bus at 5 30, in the morning, weigh in, and then you, you wrestle three, four, up to five times, and you sit there almost all day long, and you have nothing else to do but hang out with that group of people and the parents as well. So it creates that family atmosphere. It also, in, in just doing what I said, creates, you know, you got to have some endurance and perseverance, right? It's, it's easy. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I don't wrestle because it takes too long. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it does. And, and you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be ready and, and you gotta be able to keep your mind in the right mind frame to be able to wrestle in those tournaments. Cause yeah, if you quit because it takes too long in between matches and you, you know, you're pretty mentally weak right there. Mm-hmm. Um, it creates a good work ethic too, because it is not fun. It, you know, I, I've said my whole life, although I was probably best at wrestling, it was not my favorite sport, right? I, I love playing football because football was fun to me. Wrestling was like, you got the snot beat out of you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to push yourself further than you ever thought you could push yourself. And it didn't always feel good. I don't, you know, I, I did lose a bunch of weight when I was wrestling and that's not fun either to be able to push yourself and beat yourself up and have to watch what you eat. And not be able to just, you know, your friends are going out to Pizza Hut or McDonald's or whatever, and, and you can't do any of that, or even sitting in a lunchroom um, and just being mindful of that. But what that creates is that discipline in yourself, right? It, it creates that work ethic, that discipline and being able to, you know, apply it to later in your life. You know what? I can get through this, right? I got a poster hanging in my wall. I don't know if you remember this, that, but if, you know, if you've wrestled, you can do anything. And that, mm-hmm. that was a Dan Gable quote. So. Yeah, it actually says if you wrestle at everything else um, in life seems easier. Yeah, that's what it is. So, yeah. And that's true. You know, it, as I get further away from it, I kind of forget some of those lessons, but it's good to remind me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You talk about some of those long grueling days. I mean, spending countless hours in gyms on the weekends and stuff and those bonds yeah. that you create are, um, you know, some of my best friends are some of my teammates I had and some of the, the guys that we, they wrestled in mat rats and stuff growing up. So, right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So can you talk about uh, what you majored in and why you decided to major in that? Sure. I actually, uh, I went to lacrosse not knowing what I was going to do and that's pretty common. At least it was then. Um, it's probably not the smartest thing to do because you're spending money on a college education. Um, but my initial major once I got into it was elementary education. I was going to be an elementary ed teacher. Um, there's a big market for it at the time, especially being a male. Um, they don't have a whole lot of male elementary ed teachers. Um, and my, my funny story is that I have two, two parts of it. One is as part of doing, you know, elementary ed, you, 
start taking some basic psychology courses. And that those are super interesting. And that's what got me interested in it, especially when I got into abnormal psychology, when they started talking about, you know, different diagnoses and things. So that, that really sparked my interest. But on the other side of it, there was back at that point, you really had to be proficient in um, music and music is not my wheelhouse at all. Um, so I had to take this, um, I don't know, even, I don't know if it was called music foundations or, or whatever. A couple of my, the other wrestlers were in it with me and we struggled. Um, it was just, we had keyboards and you had to like, so imagine I'm, I'm a decent sized guy, like on a wrestling team. Right. And I was standing up on a, um, like a little stool in front of the class and the teacher made you sing like the ta ta ti ti ta's mm-hmm. like up and from it. And it was a little, a little rough doing that. I didn't, I mean, I could probably do that, but then when it came to the, um, the keyboard, I had no idea. And I, and it wasn't like, I wasn't trying, I actually got a keyboard and I had a person like try to teach me at home, but it's just not, it wasn't something for me. So I ended up squeaking through that first course and then there was a whole nother course. So I wasn't going to get through that one. So that, that's when I decided to switch majors. <laughs> um, went into psychology and my minor was sociology. Um, so, but I'm glad I did. I mean, it turned into a, a you know, a whole, as we'll probably get into this, but the rest of my, yeah. my career um, mm-hmm. with it. So it, it was a good, you know, I don't know if they, the saying everything happens for a reason, but that, that probably did. Cause I, I didn't, I, I got all the way through my clinicals, not clinicals, uh, field experience in teaching. I was already, I was teaching in, in Sparta elementary. So I got that far. It was just the music piece that got me. <laughs> I have a very similar story, actually. So I yeah. went to Edgewood and my, my first semester I was going for, a, or my first year, I think it was, I was going for elementary education as well. And I had to do a, a class where I had to play the recorder. Uh, um, just like back in second or third grade. And yeah. uh, I struggled with that as a, as a freshman in college. I'm like, there's, there's no way I can keep going on this. So um, it's interesting that both, both of us have the music piece that took us away from elementary. Yeah. Ed. yeah uh, I, and I'd like to be musical. It's just not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Same here. All right. So uh, after lacrosse, you spent some time in the corporate world. Is that correct? You went and worked at mercy for a while. Yeah. So I, my first job was what they call a mental health technician out of college. You know, one, one of the things I figured out is a psychology degree doesn't get you an automatic entry into anything. Um, but it, you know, in the field, I, I got hired as a mental health technician at Mercy Hospital, or Mercy Hospital in Janesville. Um, I, I kind of mixed the two there because it's called Mercy Options is the, the psych port, portion of it. But it was actually a, a locked psych ward. It was uh, had an addictions unit, an adult unit, and then an adolescent and child unit. My my primary placement with my background in college was adolescent and child, but um, I worked in all three different units. And it was a lot of facilitating groups, um, doing some CNA type duties. I had to be um, trained. I took like a, I don't know what it was a nine nine week or ten week course in CNA, so you had to be trained in that kind of stuff too. I actually got trained in drawing blood. Um, Cause that was part of it to be a phlebotomist. Um, but the, you know, it's, it was a mix of the, the mental health part with psychology. And then you're also taking care of the patients at that entry level. So I did that for about five years. Um, and the last three years I did it concurrently with going back to school to be a school psychologist. So in Whitewater, they had it set up really well. That's where I went to get my master's. Um, so all the classes started in the, in the late afternoon, the evening, like four to six 30. So I was able to work 
from 7 a.m. to 3 every day and then go right to Whitewater, do the class and then, you know, do that all week long. Um, so it worked out pretty well. There was some long days, but at least it was able to be done. And my interest in school psychology was because I, in working in this program, I kind of moved up a little bit as I, as I worked and became the school liaison between the hospital and the school district of Janesville. So they would um, send me out when they're having, you know, tough kids that they need to deal with that kind of stuff. So, and I met some other school psychologists in doing that. And then the psychiatrist that I worked with kind of gave me a push to go do something more than what I was doing at the current time. So, and I'm, I'm glad they did. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. School psychology is, is really important. Uh, can you talk about the importance of in your, in your eyes, the importance of school, school psychology? Yeah, I, I think it's even more important now because what we're seeing in schools is there's a lot, a lot of mental health um, issues that are happening with students um, as well as staff. So uh, my initial experience when I got into school psychology, and you now this is my 21st year. Um, so this is back in 2001 when I started, um, is there was a lot of uh, testing and assessment. That's part of a school psychologist's job is to do some assessments um, to qualify students for special education. Um, so that's what a lot of it was in the beginning, but um, we worked kind of hard to change that because it, we didn't want just to be that test carrying person, right? We wanted to be more useful in the schools. So uh, we changed it to try to touch more students um, in, so we're not just qualifying for special ed and just dealing with that population, but helping all students by right? going into the classrooms and working with them and, and doing some brief counseling for uh, any mental health issues. You know, in schools, we're not, it's, it's really not our place to do that long-term counseling, but we can triage and get people back um, to where they're able to function in school and then hopefully back in the classroom and then refer out to, to other counselors and psychologists in, in the community. So, but, you know, I, for, for me growing up and, and maybe even, well, you might know this because I was and I was your coach, but a lot of people don't even know there was a school psychologist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, th- but they are there, they're kind of working behind the scenes and they're doing a lot better job trying to get out in front of people now, instead of, you know, just dealing with that very, very small population. And like we started out saying the, the mental health needs, especially after COVID here are, are really ramped up. So uh, those people along with school counselors are super important to us right now. They're, they're really helping our kids work through some struggles that they have and, and their staff um, so that they can get an education. Yeah, that's that's an important piece. You know, after since we've been in the, these COVID times, you, know, you definitely see a lot more uh, uh, people struggling with with that. Even even myself. I mean, I work yeah. at home and just working at home. I'm here in my house almost 24 hours a day, every day. And yeah. it's a struggle. Like I I have to get out and go to the grocery store just to like have some mental clarity and, and something different. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can imagine students uh, sitting at home on, on laptops doing doing classwork all day every right. day is was probably a, a pretty big challenge. Yeah, just humans in general just need interaction. You do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, even people who say that they're introverts or they they don't want to, they you do. You just need general human interaction. And and one of the biggest things we're seeing is for students. And, and staff, honestly, but students more so because they were more apt to just kind of stay in a room um, the whole time is that then they forget how to function with people, right? It, and then it makes it really hard and, and creates a lot of anxiety because they don't, first they weren't very good at it and it was uncomfortable and then they didn't have to do it. So now it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's trying to undo some of that and provide some of those soft skills that they're going to need 
to go into work or to a college or anything because you know we can't just function from home forever right like you said you, you need that or else you go into a bit of a funk mm-hmm. absolutely um so you spent quite a few years as a school psychologist and then you decided to to get into school administration. Can you talk about right. the decision to get into that? Sure. So, um, my, yeah, my first 12 years were um, as a school psych, and I started, I had halftime at Abraham Lincoln Elementary and then halftime at the high school. That's what I did for the first seven years of that 12. Um, so kind of split my time there. I worked with the, you know, primarily the little ones. Um, they have, you know, that's a tougher, I don't want to say tougher, but it's a different type of job than at the high school because little kids can't often express how they're feeling with their words, right? So they express through their actions. So it comes out as like having tantrums and fits and that kind of stuff in which it is harder to figure out their learning needs because they can't tell you. Um, in high school, it's a bit different. You can, you can talk to them, you know, and I, my, when I started my career, I thought I wanted to be with the, the younger kids because that's went along with that elementary teacher kind of idea. And I still did love that. Um, they love that setting and, and the little kids it's, it's pretty rewarding. I mean, they're, they're pretty, uh, pretty loving people at that time and accepting. And you're like a, I don't know, like a big mentor to them at that time. And high school wasn't really, I hadn't really even thought about it, but when I got to high school, I met lots of really cool kids, right. Real cool students, including yourself. Right. So it was, uh, I, I started to like it more and more. I could actually have good conversations with people that could work through some, some things we did. We didn't do as much of the testing and placement, and that it was more of the like how how can we work through these issues and and get you help, whether it was mental health or academics or anything else, honestly. Um, and then coaching wrestling in there also got me to you know, experience a little bit different side of it, um, because you know I had people who weren't coming to my office with problems, but it was students who were working to get to a different goal. So th- that was that was pretty rewarding for me. Yeah, there's there's probably a lot of uh, a lot of things you can transfer between the school psychology piece and the the coaching piece. Uh, I know yeah. in wrestling specifically, there's a lot of a lot of like um, mindset training that could go into it, and all sorts of things around that. And you know, you're dealing with 14 to 18 year olds uh, when you're coaching, so there's a lot of different personalities you're you're working with. Um, yeah, right. can you talk about kind of utilizing your school psychology skills on the coaching side? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I purposely did. Maybe I, maybe I did uh, subconsciously, but um, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Like you said, it's a grueling sport. Um, It's a lot of mental toughness. I think that's where it comes in the best. Is it, is it trying to get people to work towards goals, even when it's tough, right? Um, It's easy you know, easier, I guess, to coach people who are super talented, who are, it comes really easy to them. It's not so easy. And those are the people that that need coaches the most for kids who it doesn't come easy to them. Like they want to quit um, or outside of school, things are, are rough for them too. And it, they have a million excuses to quit. Those are the students that I had talked to um, our assistant coaches, Mr. Guth and Mr. Witt, a lot about those, those people need us more than we need them on the team, but everybody has a role, right? And that, that's one of the things that it's, I think not unique to wrestling, but it is when you're getting beat all the time, right? Cause it's, you can't, 
mix in with the team and kind of hide with that. You still have to go out on the mat and, you know, your, your goal might not, might be to, to not get pinned. Right. Or to, to not give over eight points. Um, so that kind of stuff, just understanding that that is your role, understanding that even though I look at this guy over here and, and maybe he's going to say it every year, um, maybe he's getting all the accolades, but they can't help us win alone. Like I'm doing my job over here, even though my record might not show it. Um, so that, that kind of mindset, you're talking that mindset, right? Everybody has their role on the team and then getting a team to work together. I mean, I, I think some of my favorite moments through coaching, we're seeing some of our, those wrestlers, right? Not the ones that always did well, but those wrestlers that did their job and how the team rallied around them when they didn't get pinned or when they had a minor decision rather than a major, because that helped us win matches, right? It's a different game when you get down to regionals and sectionals and that kind of stuff. Um, then you focus a little bit more on the individual. Um, but but that kind of stuff, getting people to to get their mind in the right place to be able to help the team and understand that it's not about just winning and losing, right? It's about working harder um, to do your job, but also in the practice room, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you being... Uh, in the practice room every day, uh, you see you see kids grow too throughout their, oh, yeah. their career. I mean, just looking at me, my first two years, I was thrown on varsity, one eighty nine and two fifteen, and I struggled for sure in my first couple of years. And then uh, by my junior year, I started to win some more. Um, can you talk about uh, progress or seeing that growth through students and, and athletes as they're going through their their wrestling career? Yeah. Um... So there's the physical growth, right, of people getting stronger and I guess a little bit more mature and and a little bit more sure of their body. I mean, that's what we how we mature. But then there's the mental growth, which I think is is a little bit more important um, because it's like I said, it's easy to quit, right? I've seen it a thousand times. I've seen people come in, even people who have a lot of physical talent, they just can't handle the mental part of it. They they just quit and give up. Um, but that growth from freshman year, and that's when I saw them, right, from freshman to senior year, is pretty awesome to see um, when kids come in and, you know, they really don't know what you're doing. Um, you go to these rough practices and aren't seeing success initially for most people. Um, but then you, you really have to celebrate the heck out of when you are seeing success. You know, even if it's, let's say you win five matches in a year, which is sometimes common, right, as a freshman. Um, especially when you're throwing out varsity. Yep. I mean, you're the, you're this young guy who, who doesn't have a lot of strength yet. And you're out there against seniors and juniors. And um, like I said earlier, you're asked to do a job, right? Try to stay off your back. Um, try not to get beat by as many points. And you won't get many wins, but those wins you do get, you have to celebrate the heck out of and, and pump it up. And, and sometimes it's not just about the win too. It might be about the takedown in the match. It might be about the, the turn or the reversal or, or whatever in the match, you got, you got to pump those up. Um, and everybody's got their thing in wrestling, right? I mean, it's, it's not like one, we don't run a system in wrestling. You know, everybody might have a fireman's carry, like that's your go-to, right? You mm-hmm. might have a cradle, you might have a, a switch, you might have what, whatever it might be. You, you can be good at your thing and you can set that up. And I, I think that's the cool thing too, is that you need to individualize it too, as a coach, um, and recognize that somebody might be good at, at one thing or better at one thing than something else. So taking advantage of that too. So there's, 
that's part of that growth. If you can find a thing and find success for for someone in a, in an area and build on it, that's how that growth seems to be go a little bit faster and better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, yeah, you could criticize every one of us in, in some aspect of wrestling, right? Myself included, but that's not what it's about. It's about trying to uh, to grow people and, and show growth over time. Yeah, playing to their strengths and uh, you know pumping up, pumping people up. You're definitely building confidence. I think confidence yeah. is a huge thing when you step on the mat. Uh, I know I early on in my career I didn't have hardly any confidence, and um, you know as I started to get more takedowns and uh, do a little bit better in the practice room, that confidence built. And then you and uh, Coach Guth, Coach Witt would would praise us and try and really build our confidence. So we we were more confident when we stepped on the mat uh, yeah. during a, a match. Yeah. Do you have any any big memorable moments uh, from your coaching career? Uh, some of the some of the things that stick out to me are more um, on, on the team aspect of things from when I was in high school. So um, we wrestled the the Verona Duels tournament. Yeah. Uh, I think my senior year we won that tournament, and uh, Aaron Hesgard had a really big big win against Slinger to propel us to victory in that one, and that kind of led us right. to winning the tournament. And Gavin Wells had a lot of awesome matches throughout his career. Uh, winning by yeah. state definitely sticks out to me too. There's some yep. big memorable moments for your coaching career. Yeah, those are those are a couple of them that you said. I mean, there, there's actually a lot of them for me. Um, you can easily go to Gavin winning by state. I mean that that was that was super good, especially because for those that don't know, I mean, Gavin's a kid that didn't wrestle before high school. You know, he was, he was messing around and this, that was, I think my first year as head coach, um, he was messing around down the middle school with Mason Goff. And I was messing around with Gavin and telling him, you know, if he, if he went out for wrestling that he's, I'll get him to the point where he's going to beat, beat Mason, um, which they had this little rivalry. Um, mm-hmm. But then, then you talk about four years later, he's winning by state, the 64 team tournament. So it's not like you have to start super young. It definitely, it helps, right? It helps to have that experience, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, it, it's, it's those moments. That, I mean, that kind of moment is really good. Obviously when, when uh, for me, it's a, it's not just winning though, because as you know, especially with bi-state or even conference, and it goes along with what we just said about people knowing their roles on their team if someone else gets to third place or even fifth place or seventh place, that's a huge accomplishment for people, mm-hmm. you know, for them relative to them, you know, and, and they got to be proud of that. And they got to, they got to celebrate that. So for me, I, and I say this a lot. So the, the one that really stands out to me is we won conference at home. Um, God, I don't even remember when that was, but we had, it was the team with Eric, um, Tim, Scott, Tim, um, Kenny Konopaki, those guys on that team. Mm-hmm. And we won conference at home. Um, but Scott, Tim was one of those role player wrestlers. I would, I would consider him. He wasn't the guy that was winning every tournament. He wasn't, he was pretty good, but he wasn't the top one you say that's qualifying for state. Um, but that tournament, he wrestled out of his mind and he mm-hmm. won conference tournament. And that I just remember the gym exploding for him um, because he you know, he's in the finals for one thing, but then he won the finals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I'm sure if you ask Scott, like what's his favorite memory that that's gotta be right up there. Yeah. Um, but th- for, for me, I say that's my favorite one because it was someone 
And maybe that's my underdog mentality, right? It was somebody that you didn't expect to do it. And when that happens, you know, and it's happened for you in matches too, I'm so proud of you guys because that is, that's like, to me, that's harder than the person that is expected to be there, right? Mm -hmm. There's, don't get me wrong, there's a ton of pressure, pressure on being expected too. But seeing that growth and working through all that and then having it come to fruition, that that's amazing. It is for sure. I actually had Scott on. Um, he's going to be the episode right before you. And we talked about okay. him winning conference. And yeah, it's it's his highlight of his career for sure. We, we spent a bit yeah. of time talking about how wrestling has impacted him as well. So, yeah, yeah that's that's really great. So you had to make a hard decision uh, to leave coaching wrestling uh you put yeah. a lot of time and effort into the the cheesemaker program um but you were moving into school administration uh was it challenging to to move out of that role yeah it was um i knew it was something i had to do though um i had coached 12 years in total three as an assistant and nine as a head coach um but then i and I didn't talk about this earlier when I talked about being a school psych, but as, as I got further in my school psych career, I started taking on more administrative type duties within the school, um, largely because I'm not tied to a classroom or bell. Um, so I would help out a lot in the office. And I'm, I, as I started working with administration, I figured, well, I, you know, I'm doing a lot of this anyway, I might as well do it. Um, but part of that is once you do it, then you're no longer allowed to coach because you're tied to, whatever might happen in the school and a lot of after school meetings and it wouldn't be fair to either position. I wouldn't be able to put the time into coaching and I wouldn't be able to put the time into administration and, and they wouldn't let me anyway. Um, so yeah, that was a tough decision. And I remember my last banquet was not easy um, talking to the families and, and wrestlers. I mean, that was just, it was, like I said, it was like my family. Um, so it was like, I was leaving them and that was super, super hard. Um, you know, it, it never totally leaves you. I'm not as, I'm not able to go back as much as well, hardly any anymore because it's really hard. I'm, I need to get to a lot of a different stuff too, but it's fun still going back to matches and watching, watching everybody. And when I step out of my office at the end of the night, um, seeing everybody running the halls in the winter is fun. Um, not that I want to run with them, but just seeing, just remembering that and, and doing that. So yeah, it was a super tough decision, but I'm, I'm in a good spot now and it's time for, and coach Witt was with me the whole time and still, still coaching. So the, the program is in awful good hands. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, can you talk about transitioning from the school psychology position to uh, administration? Uh, it sounds like you were doing a little bit beforehand, but what was that transition like? Um, it's different. You know, I, I went from school psych to an assistant principal, which is primarily discipline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm, I'm used to that on the coaching end of it, mm-hmm. um, but but it wasn't. So as a school psych, you're, that's not really about discipline as much as it is figuring out what's going on and how you can support and help students, um, which I did try to bring into that assistant principal role. I didn't want it to be just like I'm screaming at kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they also need to have some support in, in what's going on because no matter what they're doing, usually that they're getting in trouble for, there's a reason for why they did it. You know, people don't just do things most of the time anyway, for, for fun. Um, they they act out in a certain way because they're not a need, a certain need isn't being met. And that's, I think upon us to, to figure out what that is and give them support, support and help because coach, whether you're coaching or in, in a school psych or principal or assistant principal, it's our job to support people. 
right? And, and I don't think it's a job just to, to yell at them and beat them up and expect that, yep, now you're going to get better because I screamed at you, right? It's, it's, that doesn't work that way, at least in my mind. Um, sometimes people might need to tune up, right? <laughs> when things aren't going the right way. But most times we're, we got to be there to support them and help them out. So I, that, that is very similar, but, but the, the AP role um, is, like I said, much more disciplined. You don't get to see the, the wide variety of students really mm-hmm. uh, that I did before uh, because you're, you get a lot of students coming to you that have a lot of discipline issues or whatever issues that they might have. So in that role, I, like I said, I, I tried to change it a bit. Um, I don't know if I was super successful at it because you still have to deal with the discipline, but, but to be out to be in with a lot of students. And that's still how I try to, to hold myself is to interact with the students as much as possible from all walks of life. Um, I try to, whether it's coaching, whether it's school psych or principal, I think a, a principal I live by is relationships. Um, just being there for people, being approachable, uh, trying to be approachable and under, trying to understand them and offering support and help. I mean, I think relationships is huge no matter what you do. Um, I always talk about, um, for me, when I get into even hiring, I, I'm not as concerned about um, your skills because I think people can build their skills as I am about people's personality and how they're going to interact with each other um, and interact with me and with students because that a lot of times is something that isn't able to be taught, um, at least not as easily. So that relationship piece is no matter what role I've been in, been in is key to me because that's, that's how you get people to buy into whatever you're doing, whether it's coaching or school psych or, or, or being a principal. Um, so that's, that's what it comes down to for me. And that hasn't changed no matter what role I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been around you long enough where I've seen you really build great, great, great relationships with parents and students and um, referees, even uh, yeah. for wrestling and just, um, yeah, I, you do a really good job of that. So uh, props for that. Thank you. Um, you, so you're now the interim principal. What has been the, uh, what does some of the, the work look like nowadays compared to what you were with the assistant principal? Um, some of it is the same, um, which is nice. And I'm familiar with it because I was the assistant principal for eight years. And now this is the ninth year in admin and I'm the interim, but, um, some's the same, but some is different too. I, there's some things I didn't know. I, I talked to the previous principal and I said, I got a new respect for you. Cause I didn't realize some of the things that you dealt with. And they're, they're honestly some smaller things that people wouldn't even think of, you know, with budgeting, with schedules, with, approving time off and, and all the, all the littler things and every single question in the building goes to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's not, there's not another level. It just goes to you. So while that's rewarding because you get to affect some change because you're in charge, it's also a bit stressful at times. Um, but I'm liking it. I, I really am liking it. I love Monroe high school. I love the staff that we work with. I think we've got some really, really good people. And I, I say, I tell people all the time, the students and, and kids in general in Monroe are really good, right? Um, we talked earlier about I still have friendships with previous people I've coached like you, but also other students that I see out in, out in the community. I mean, I just, yes, we have some problems, right? We have some students that we always have problems with, but even them, 
like if you, you create a good relationship with them, I, I've had so many people come back after high school that I'll see, you know, Walmart or wherever it is. And they might've been someone who was swearing at me in high school, but they're going to say hi to me out there, you know, mm-hmm. and things, things change just because they're having a bad day in high school. It doesn't, or a bad year in high school doesn't mean that they're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I treat that. Um, but but yeah, the principal gig, my biggest, I don't know if people know the story, but you know, I didn't actually apply for the principal job um, when uh, the other principal left. Um, I just, I have uh, my family now is a, a mixed family. So uh, my wife has three children of her own and I have two and they're all in their, all their different things and sports and activities and, and go in different ways. And I hold near and dear to my heart, my family. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to give up opportunities to watch any one of them or participate in any one of their parts of their lives um, because I have to be at, at a high school event. Cause that's a big part of being a high school principal is to be out and be visible and be as supportive as possible. And I'm going to do that. And I'm doing that, but it's trying to balance that. Right. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to go to let's say a, a basketball game or whatever it is and go to a Monroe basketball game, which I really do want to go to because I want to support those kids. and I love watching it, but not be able to go to my own kids basketball game. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a tough balance. So for me right now, it, the balance is okay. It's been going pretty good. And I've been able to, to go to both things, you know, as much as possible so that it's going better, but that was my number one worry. And that's why I didn't initially apply for it. Um, but then some things happened over the summer where, um, the principal that they did hire ended up not coming. So, so I ended up stepping in and I guess the rest is history for right now. I got to figure out if I want to continue doing this long-term, but you know, right now I'm thinking I'd I'd like to, because if I figure it out this year, why not? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That has to be a big balance. I mean, like you said, having a presence at different events uh, for the school is, is pretty important uh, just to show how vested uh, the district is in the whether it's sports or plays or, or whatever it is. Um, but then having five children, children that you don't want to miss out on um, is right. definitely a, a big balance for sure. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about Monroe in the school district, but we haven't really talked specifically about the school district of Monroe. Uh, can you talk about um, kind of describe the student population and the culture at the school? Sure. So currently we have, I think it's 741 students this year. Um, which is down from when I started. I think I think when I started in 2001, uh, everybody remembers the past a little bit differently, right? But I, mm-hmm. I think it was right around 900 students um, and maybe a little higher in 2001. So we're down a little bit. Um, but honestly, I don't think things have changed much. We, like I said, we have really, really good kids, um, really involved kids. And that's one of our priorities, trying to get students more involved in activities, clubs, whatever it might be. Um, I do see our population changing a little bit because our town changes a little bit, right? Our high school is a reflection of our community. And I think our community um, through COVID or whatever it might be, just like every other community in Southern Wisconsin, Northern Illinois is struggling a bit with the economy and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So we're a reflection of that. But, but as far as the, the school itself, things are going really well with the kids. Um, I think, like I said, I can't, I can't ask for more from the kids. I mean, they're, they're working hard. They're involved. Um, it's, it's a fun place to be, I think, especially this year. We just, 
We just went into, we just had a big playoff game on Friday night for mm-hmm. football. Uh, they made it to level four of the playoffs. So we're top four in the state. I mean, it, it's, it can't be much more exciting than that right now. Um, haven't been since I was told 2000 was the last time they made it to level four. That's what I heard too. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, and so now next Friday, traveling over to Muskego, um, I, I know the, the community will travel well, the students will travel well um, to go over there and, Hey, let's, you know, we got a good a shot as any, we're playing Pewaukee again. Both of us are, are five seeds in our, our playoff bracket. Um, you know, everybody can argue about whether it was seeded correctly or not, because both both teams, us and and uh, Pewaukee, beat the number one seed pretty handily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think it should be a good game, and and that you know that that kind of stuff, along with other sports being successful, whether it's swim, whether it's uh, cross country or soccer or whatever it might be, that just creates a really good atmosphere. That's why we promote kids to get involved as much as possible because. As you know, after you leave high school, there's not a whole lot of opportunity to be involved in fun, exciting things like that. You know, you, you can go vo- join a volleyball league or a softball league, but it's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> so take advantage of that while you can. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the culture in the school is really good. It's it's becoming a bit more um, diverse, I would say, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of different experiences for kids, a lot of different students. Um so students are being exposed to different things and, and different ways of doing things. And I, I think that's a good thing. I think we need to, to open up our, you know, horizons a little bit and experience other things. Yeah, for sure. I know Monroe has a lot of, a lot of great traditions. Um, we have with our sports successes over the years, we've had a lot of academic success. Um, a lot of people come out of Monroe, go to college and uh, do a lot of great things. Um, it's, it's just, for me, uh, Monroe's always been home. Uh, I grew up here. I went to school throughout here, and uh, shortly after college, I came back. And I really only live a couple blocks away from the high school now. So um, it's it's such a great place to grow up and um, even build build a life after. So I I hope those um, those uh, enrollment numbers go up as as we get more. Uh, former Monroe people moving back home. Um, you know, that's, that's part of the challenge too, is we're, we're probably not experiencing as many people moving back to Monroe as we had in previous years. So, um, which affects the school district and the, the enrollment numbers as well. Right. Um, so what are, what are some of the more, uh, challenging and re- rewarding aspects of being in school administration for you? Um, challenging is, well, it's, it's just like coaching, right? Is you're never going to make everybody happy, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's challenging. So you got to keep your core principles um, in line of why why am I here, right? And I'm here to, my number one client is students um, and student achievement and student success and making sure that they're set up for whatever they want to do after high school, whether that's going straight into the job field, whether it's going into the trades or careers and getting a little extra training there, or go to the two-year, four-year college. I mean, that's really what we're looking at first and foremost. And underlying all of that um, is making sure that they're good human beings, right? I mean, I think that's not a curriculum or a class you take, but it's something that's in every class, that is in every teacher, every administrator, every staff member. Um, So making sure, along with parents, because that's not our sole job, right? And parents Mm -hmm. are big in that. Um, But making sure that we, we put out some really good, human beings who are going to be productive members of our society and who are as skilled as possible. So 
that's challenging is we all want that. Nobody would argue that, but the way it gets done gets sometimes gets argued, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's a challenge. Um, but I think we can all as a community come to that common ground of this is what we want for our, our kids and our students. Um, yeah. Success is, like I said, it's just having a good school to be in. We have a good, safe school. We have a good, safe community for the most part. Um, and I think people really do work together um, and they do want that common goal of having good schools, of having good opportunities for students. Um, it's hard, probably harder than ever right now to do anything, uh, school included, and in making making movement on, um, I guess, w- whether you call it an initiative or a program or whatever, because I'm sure you see this too. Things are pretty polarized right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's hard because you don't want, it's hard to bring people together. Um, people have different ideas of how things should be done and, and who should do it. Um, but I think we just got to keep coming back to that common guiding principle of what, what's our goal? What do we want? Um, and I don't, there's hardly anybody that can argue that we want good for our community and for our students and, and for our families. So if we can do that and keep coming back to that and realize that we're not fighting against each other, right? We don't want, we don't want different things. Yeah. Um, that that's going to be super, super helpful, but it's tough right now. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, the, the environment we're living in right now is definitely, they're, they're, it's tumultuous for sure. So, yeah. um, you know, the, the end goal, I think, uh, for any school district should, should be, and, and for the community as well, uh, should be the best, the best thing for the students, uh, the right. best thing for the students to succeed in whatever they're trying to do. So, right. Yeah. So the high school is is looking at some potential upgrades to the yep. to that right. Um, we're we're going to a referendum for that, correct? Yeah, I think I think the plan is looking at fall of twenty twenty two, possibly. Um, that's that's all up to the school board. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but uh, they were actually going to go um, and ask a question of the community uh, as far as a referendum right before COVID happened. Um, but then all, that all got put on hold and. You know, the primary reason is the high school itself is just a really old and aging facility. Um, the, the majority of the high school was built in 1958, I believe. That's that's what the sign in the front door says right out front of it. Um, and it still looks beautiful. Um, honestly, if you, if you don't look closely, don't, don't look too closely. Mm-hmm. But the custodial staff and the maintenance staff have done an amazing job over the years of, of keeping things looking nice as far as hallways and, and that kind of stuff. But a lot of the behind the scenes things um, that the people don't see, the mechanicals, um, the, I guess the underbelly of the school are just, are failing. Mm-hmm. And it's, we're having a really hard time keeping things going as far as heating and cooling and, and leaking and water issues and, and mold issues and all kinds of stuff like that. So, and it's, you know, the high school, whether people want to admit it or not, is really the focal point of a lot of communities. You know, you come into a you come into a community and you see this high school complex and with sports fields and a performing arts center and all this cool stuff. Um, that makes people want to live there. That makes people proud of their town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not and I'm not saying that we're not proud of the high school as it currently is, but there's there's a lot of issues. Um, so I think if if we had something that people could be more proud of, that we could open up and allow 
organizations and, and different people to, you know, host, whether it's hosting tournaments or hosting more plays or, or musicals, or even, you know, just uh, like a, a music event in the pack mm-hmm. and just have that be the hub of the community. I think that would be a really good thing. You know, I, I go and I don't know if you've seen, but I go to a lot of other high schools to see them and some of their facilities are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you walk in, you're like, wow. I'm like, if I was a student or a parent, like I'd want to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- that's what, that's what I'd love to create. I know that's not up to me, um, but uh, that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of reaction I want is when people walk into to our building, be like, wow, I want to be here. I'd, I'd like to learn here or I'd like my kid to go here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, let's hope we get, we get some, some upgrades or, or whatever to, to the school. I mean, um, it would definitely, I feel like, attract more people to attend events or bring more, more uh, opportunities, like you said, for you know music events or more plays, businesses coming in and doing things, and yeah, yeah I think it would be uh, really beneficial for the right the entire community to to upgrade the facility. Absolutely, yeah. and as part of that as upgrades, Corey, I always have in the back of my mind that we're going to get a wrestling room. Good. So no matter what we're doing, we're going to get a room dedicated to wrestling. Yep. Right now, not, it's, not a balcony. Yeah. Right now, it's it's a balcony. It's behind the bleachers. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty narrow. I mean, there's so many times we'd slam into the walls and and all that. So that's that's good to hear. Yeah, I thought that the bleachers are going to fall a few times because they just kind of rock back and forth and people mm-hmm. run into them. Yeah. Especially <laughs> us, us big guys on the on the yeah. big side of the room, right? Right. Right. Oh, so you mentioned family. Family is a really important aspect of your life. Can you talk about? Yeah the importance of family to you? Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, while I love my job, right. I love doing what I doing, what I do, because it, it, I have so many relationships with students and staff and, and community members. You got to remember what's most important. And those are the, those people at home um, because those people can't get replaced. Right. Um, They're your, they're your wife, they're your kids, they're your aunts and uncles, your grandpa and grandmas, your parents. Um, that's your family. And that's when I reflect all the time, I got to pull back and say, those are the people most important to me. Not that I don't love you or, or the other wrestlers or, you know, kids in school or, or staff members. It's different, mm-hmm. right? Those people are always going to be with me when I, after I retire, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you only get so much time on this earth and you, you got to spend that time with those people that matter the most. Um, so it's a good balance of wanting to be the best principal, the best coach, the best, whatever, um, with being a good dad, a good husband, a good, a good person. Right. I mean, that's, um, that's something I always strive to be because yes, I want to be, I want people to know me as a really good person as a principal or as a coach or whatever, but I'd really rather be known as a, a really good dad or a really good husband. That mm-hmm. that's what I'd rather be known as. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. You know, I just welcomed my second daughter in into this world here. And um just just having kids in general changes your changes your entire life perspective. Uh, it makes yeah. you really value the the relationships you have around you. And um just for me, like that's my identity. When I when I went to college, my I kind of lost my identity a little bit. Um I went from being a three sport athlete to just a guy in college. And then even until I became a dad, I feel like my identity was kind of ambiguous. Um, But now like that's who I am. 
So I, I definitely relate to that. Yeah. You're not alone in that, Corey. A lot of people go through that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've talked about Monroe, but we haven't really talked about uh, why you came to Monroe and what uh, what's kept you here for 20 plus years. Sure. Um, well, out of lacrosse, I... So my, obviously my family's from Edgerton. So I came back there. I did the work in the Mercy uh, Hospital in Janesville. Um, I got, uh, I did my master's program in school psych, got that. And then I got a job offer up back by La Crosse. And I love La Crosse because um, it's a beautiful area, but it was a Gail Etchick Trempolo school district. So I went up there, did an interview. They, they hired me. And then I had a friend who um, I went to lacrosse with, who is currently working in the Monroe School District. So Joe Monroe, I don't know if, anybody, if you know him, um, he had given me a call and said, hey, we have an opening in Monroe. What do you think? And this was late. This was August, um, which is late in the hiring process mm-hmm. before the school year starts. And so, I, you know, the, the thought of I really love lacrosse, but, you know, this is close to home and I'm still living in Edison at the time. Um, they're closer to home. It's about an hour. Uh, so I went over and talked to him and accepted that job and broke my contract up there. And I guess the rest is history um, mm-hmm. that I'm here. I, I had no intention of staying here this long, but the community was super accepting of me. Um, it, like I said, when I first started this, it's not a whole lot different than Edgerton, just a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the same values, a, a lot, a really good place to be and raise a family. Um, I know a lot of small towns can say that, but, but it, it really did. I mean, it, it just, I, I felt accepted here right away. Um, and I felt like it was a good place to be and I had a lot of good friendships. And then, you know, I think just like anything else, me getting involved, me, me taking on coaching and getting involved in the community, getting involved in the school community, it helps you get connected and you feel like you're part of something. And I think everybody needs to feel like they're part of something. Or as you said, you get a little bit lost. Um, so for a long time, I felt like, and I still feel like I'm part of something in Monroe, um, trying to build, whether it's a better team or a better high school or a better community. Um, I think if we can all pull together as, as community members of Monroe, right, then it becomes a better place. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's my story. I don't, I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. Um, when I got married um, to Julie, I moved to Orangeville. Um, so people give me a lot of crap about that living in Illinois, including myself. Yep. Um, but I'm, I'm still a Wisco boy, um, through and through, but I always say that we should just notch out, you know, a little bit of Wisconsin down around this town. Cause this town is just like, just like Southern Wisconsin. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the people too, they're really great. So I found out that they're not all fibs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's really probably a, so their distinction down here is they, they get it they don't feel like it's fair that they get associated with the Chicago land area mm-hmm. because it doesn't, doesn't really represent them. So I see that now that I'm down here, it's, it's a lot of good yeah. people, but, but I'm still across that line. And <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. Although Orangeville is only about five minutes from where my parents used to live. So oh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's pretty close for sure. Well, yeah, it takes me like 10 minutes, 10 minutes to get to work. It's just right up Carnal road. <laughs> yep. Well, we're grateful uh, that you decided to come down to Monroe. You've you've definitely made an impact in this community uh, through the wrestling program, through the school psychology work you've done, and uh, obviously getting into school administration. You're you're making a big difference for our students here. So we're grateful you came down here. Well, thank um, you. 
Yeah. So I have three rapid fire questions to ask, and then I have a final question to kind of wrap everything up. So uh, first thing that comes to mind uh, for these next three questions. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant in Wisconsin? Ooh, I'm a, a big supper club guy. I know you said rapid, but there's a lot of good supper clubs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the hideaway. Have you ever been to the hideaway? Mm-mm. It's over by Schalzburg. That's like a really out of the way place. It's, it's great supper club. They're actually, it's actually for sale if you're looking for a, another career. <laughs> nice. Let's check that one out. Uh, what's your favorite event in Wisconsin? Uh, cheese days. Cheese days is a ton of fun. I love cheese days. I'm hoping we can get back to it. Mm-hmm. You're, I've had a lot of Monroe and Green County area people on the podcast so far, and that's it's the top event for sure. Yeah. Just the fact that we get so many people in town to yeah. celebrate, um, celebrate cheese days. And to me, it's it's almost like a reunion. Uh, you get so yeah. many people that are from from Monroe who come back to do that. So you walk around and you see people you haven't seen for. Yeah. Five, 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last rapid fire question. Uh, where's your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin? Oh, I like Madison because I like hanging out with, especially Badger Saturdays. Mm-hmm. But I do like Milwaukee a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a big brewer, a big brewer fan. Um, so getting over there, and we've been over several times and we stay overnight and then go to a game. Uh, there's just a lot of cool places to hang out and, and go to. And they really are starting to revitalize that that uh, little south of down. I don't think they call it Third Ward or something area, but um, it's it's a really cool place to hang out. Yeah. I haven't been, I didn't go to a game this year, but I got to check out the newly branded AmFam field. Yeah. I still call it Miller Park, but. Oh, know. yeah. Everybody will for the next <laughs> decade or so, probably. Yeah. All right. Final question for you, coach. Uh, when all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? I think I spoke to this a bit earlier, um, but basically being a good person, right? I mean, there's, you can be saying people have people say that he was a great principal or a great coach or a great whatever. Um, but that should be because I'm a really good person that I cared. Mm-hmm. Um, and, ho- and hopefully, you know, coached and inspired people to be better themselves, you know, but that's not forgetting that I need to coach and take cues from others to be better myself. So, and, and along with that, just being a great family person, you know, being the best dad I can be, being the best husband I can be. I think those things are more important than all of that, along with being a good person. Yeah. That, that's a legacy I, I would like. You know, it, it doesn't really matter to me if somebody says he was a great principal. It, it really doesn't. I mean, I hope if they say that it's because of those other things that I cared mm-hmm. about people and that I had good relationships. Yeah, that's a great legacy, Coach. Well, I any anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? I don't think so. Other than, like I said to you earlier, I'm super proud of you um, for the journey that you've been on, and um, I hope that uh, some of those lessons you're living right now are some lessons you learned earlier um, in that perseverance and, and dedication. So, just super proud of you, Corey. Thank you, Coach. Um, yeah, thanks for hopping on Wisco Legacy. This was great.